Welcome to FranPath Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Boney. And together we are FranPath Consulting. Hey girl, hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Good, good, good. Happy to be chatting with you. A few things to catch up on since the last pod. It's been a great week. We had a lot of fun in Florida, got some good sun, saw a lot of friends, made a lot of connections. We had a really good time, didn't we? Yes, it was absolutely fantastic. And I think exceeded expectations, which very rarely happens at corporate conferences, for sure. Was great to see some people in person. It really was. I think, you know, being kind of locked up with COVID over the last year and a half, you forget how important it is to have that in-person connection. So it was really great to see some colleagues. And I know we saw some brands that we were really excited about. I think there were something like 500 brands there. Yeah, 500 brands and getting a chance to talk to them kind of just speed dating is the best way to describe it with those brands and listening to what they have to offer. And I mean, we had some surprises, I would say, in things that we are interested in showing our clients. There are a lot of new things that came out of COVID, some really cool new industries that are now being franchised. I think that we never thought we'd see as franchise opportunities. So I think over the next few weeks, we're going to be able to share some really exciting brands. Yeah, really innovative people that really took the pandemic as an opportunity to not just grow their individual business, but to offer an opportunity to people across the U.S. and and in some cases internationally, which is just so interesting. It was great. It was really great to see everyone and to learn more about these brands. And now we get to come back into our office and bring the brands forward to our clients that we work with. So I know we've got some exciting things coming over the next quarter. Absolutely. And we're going to be able to have a lot of those brand owners and also representatives on the pod, which is going to be so beneficial to people listening to hear a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper into what makes them so successful and what they have to offer our clients and make them successful as well. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to dive in today to a very special guest that we have. I know this is a podcast that we've been looking forward to. We've had a lot of fun chatting with this guest and it's someone that you know extremely well. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Sam, to let you introduce our special guest today. Yes. So this guest is somebody who knows me better than anybody else, who is my best friend and also my husband. And so I am just really excited to share Heider with everybody here because he has such an interesting background and, you know, really ended in franchising. (laughs) But that's the last part of the story. So it's my pleasure to be able to introduce him to everybody on the pod. This is Haider Rahim, my husband, most importantly, but also um, CPG executive. Hey, guys. Hey, Brittany, Samantha. Thanks for having me. Thanks Thanks for for being here today. We appreciate it. So right here from the other side of our home. (laughs) So... 
<laughs> you traveled a long way to make it to this podcast today. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about you a little bit before you came in, but I would just love for you to share your career history because it is really robust and it has some twists and turns and some unexpected things that have happened. So if you would just share how you ended up um, being a consumer packaged goods executive and and what led to that. Sure. My pleasure. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it started as after I graduated college, um, I did, uh, I, I started my career, you know, I guess, 25 plus years ago, which a little bit shows my age, but um, at, at General Mills out of Minneapolis, um, a, a multinational uh, food and beverage company. And uh, I had studied accounting and finance in undergrad. And so I joined them uh, in their accounting department. Um, and that's really where the first time I was really exposed to, you know, what we call CPG and, and, and food and beverage marketing. Um, I was doing accounting and while I loved the industry, I quickly realized that accounting on a day-to-day -day basis uh, was not going to be my career. Um, so, so I worked there for about a year and a half and then uh, decided to make a career shift into brand management. And so um, I moved back to Chicago, which is kind of the area where I was from. And I worked for a couple smaller companies just to kind of get my foot in the door into brand management, which typically required an MBA. Um, got some great experience, and then uh, at that uh, two or three years later, decided to go back and get my MBA. Went to the amazing University of Texas Austin uh, School of Business, and uh, spent a couple of year, great years there. Um, and at that point, honestly, I, I really contemplated starting my own business. Um, I, I, you know, from a young age, had been exposed to entrepreneurs uh, on my mom's side of the family. And so wanted had always thought about starting my own business, but I graduated in 2003. It was shortly after the dot-com burst. And so it wasn't kind of an optimal time uh, to go out and strike it on your own. So I decided to go back into kind of corporate America, uh, get a few more years of experience. And so joined Nestle um, out of their Los Angeles office and, uh, and, and kind of spent uh, the next 15 years at Nestle, um, kind of going through different categories, uh, worked in a few different countries. And I started with Nestle, honestly, thinking I would be there for two to three years and then go out and strike it on my own. But then, you know, life kind of happens. And, and uh, I was having a great time at Nestle, learning a ton um, and, and, you know, personally and professionally. And uh, then 15 years later, I look back and uh, had, a, had, a, had a full corporate career that I never expected to have. I think that's such a common theme is people generally don't anticipate that they'll just follow the corporate track the entire time. Or the alternative, which I think, you know, knowing you towards the end of your Nestle career, you truly anticipated that you would retire with Nestle. And that's more of of what the anticipation became. And that wasn't what happened. Yeah. So you went the opposite direction. Do you want to talk a little bit about leaving Nestle? I think that was an experience for our family um, and just something that really changed the trajectory of all of our lives. Yeah, for sure. So you're right. Um, at, you know, After spending so many years at Nestle and kind of moving up the ladder, um, you know, it kind of becomes a family. You, you consider kind of the company and the people you work with, 
um, family. And, and so I did, I did anticipate staying uh, my whole career at Nestle and probably honestly would have, uh, if it wasn't for life circumstances. And, uh, sometimes, you know, things happen that uh, take you down a different path and you realize, wow, I probably wouldn't have taken that maybe on my own, but I'm glad it happened. And so, um, you know, Nestle was going through some changes and uh, their U.S. headquarters were always in, in Los Angeles, Southern California. Um, for various reasons, they decided to relocate their headquarters uh, to Arlington, Virginia. And uh, my daughter is, lives in San Diego. And, you know, at the time she was she was 11 years old and I couldn't relocate then from from uh, to Arlington. I needed to be closer to her. And so unfortunately, uh, that's where kind of our paths diverged. And I decided to leave Nestle and uh, head down to to Southern California and then figure out what was next. So when you moved from the big company of Nestle and you took your next step, what were you looking for in that next phase of life? What would you move into from that point? Yeah, honestly, the, the next, I would say, 12 to 18 months were probably some of the most exciting and nerve wracking months of my life combined. Um, I knew I did not want to go back into kind of big corporate America. I, I didn't want, I, I'd done that obviously most of my career. I had learned a ton. What I wanted to do is now apply what I had learned um, to other businesses, right? Smaller businesses and kind of get back to maybe those roots uh, of, of entrepreneurship that I had had earlier in my career. And so um, early on after I left, I was like, hey, this is great great time for me to start my own business. And so <clears throat> I to, to, to kind of get a feel for that, I started consulting with various kind of sizes of companies, um, everything from pre-launch uh, to, to, you know, $200 million company and really kind of seeing what it was like to launch a business from, from ground up and what it was like to work with kind of a medium-sized established, somewhat established, established business. And what I quickly realized is as much as I had dreamed to own my own business and start it from scratch, that really wasn't where my kind of expertise lied. It, it didn't lie in, you know, literally starting with an idea and then building the back end infrastructure and then going, making the first sale that, that just wasn't where I was uh, from a, from a kind of mindset and what I wanted to do in my career at that point in time. Um, but what I did realize is as I consulted with medium-sized businesses who, who, were, who had already kind of built up some infrastructure, the basic processes um, had already kind of gone through those really, really tough early stages of launching a business, that that's where I felt like my sweet spot was in able to add value to those companies um, to come in and, and help them accelerate growth. Um, and so that's kind of where... Um, I started looking and uh, kind of where I ended up taking um, my next role um, with a private equity backed company or owned company. And then also at the same time, um, you know, started to talk to Samantha more and more about hey, what is it that you do here in this whole franchising industry that you kind of talk a lot about and uh, and realize that, you know what, it's actually there's there's a lot of interesting opportunities there. Uh, really interesting businesses that that uh, had a lot of growth potential, but don't have that risk of I got to start it from the beginning. So then we started kind of talking a little bit about more franchising. Yeah, and I I do think there are some fun businesses that 
you did almost start or <laughs> were at inception. You're, be, you're being kind. They were more than some. I'm, I'm a bit of an idea guy. And so um, she got a little tired of hearing all the different ideas I had, but, uh, but didn't pursue because, again, it was starting it from scratch. I mean, the amount of PowerPoints that I still have in my email that he would send me and then be <laughs> highly offended that I didn't weigh in on. And then he would say, well, I thought, you know, I thought that was a great idea. Now, in your defense, we will sometimes be at the grocery store and see a probiotic water <laughs> and he'll say, see? It was a great idea. <laughs> yeah, but but honestly, that's what goes, you know, that's really interesting or, or, or key thing that you hit there is that business is a lot more than a great idea. A, a great idea is the spark for sure, right? Without that, there's nothing to do. But there's so much more to building a business than just having a great idea. And as somebody who's been in business my entire career and, and worked, you know, in, at different levels of business, um, I, I still see the value of, of having um, built a business to some degree already versus just, hey, I have an idea. I'm going to go start a business. And there's so many parallels, I think, between a private equity company purchasing an existing business and, you know, people like us who have experience in business coming in and starting a franchise. I mean, Britt, we see that all the time. We do. Absolutely. Because of the things that Haider already said, right? Taking those skill sets and being able to leverage those as an entrepreneur. So helping people become franchisees. I think there's a lot of parallels to private equity companies acquiring existing businesses and building those up and leveraging that brand and those team members' skill sets. Yeah. And, and you know, that, um, that's interesting that you bring that up as a parallel. Um, from a financial risk perspective, right? If you think about yourself as a potential person who's gonna invest money and time in a, in a franchise, right? An existing business concept. And you think about private equity and their risk profile and where they wanna invest their money. It is very similar. You know, They want a proven model, right? Something that's been proven out in the marketplace. Then they're gonna go buy that and now they're going to bring in the management, et cetera, to accelerate that growth of a proven model. And that's kind of what franchising is, is a proven model. Now, how are you going to take that in your particular area or, 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 or industry and, and, and build off of that? So, yeah, they are a lot of parallels because, you know, there's venture capital. That's all about startup startups, right? Um, but, but if you want to manage your risk like private equity does, but still want to experience strong growth, um, that proven model area is an interesting area. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I think you touched on something, which is mitigating risk. And I think the clients that we speak to a lot of the time have wanted just like you. It's a very common story. And that's why we wanted you on today because everybody that we get on the phone with, I think in some capacity said, I always thought I'd start a business of my own. I always thought that I would have that grand idea that would, you know, that would come to fruition. And, you know, it never materialized <laughs> or it did. And it turns out I couldn't get it from seed to plant. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the other thing also to remember, I think um, I, I can speak for myself, but I've spoken to other folks similarly, is that when you've spent a bulk of your career um, 
in corporate America, you know, whatever you're doing in corporate America, but in corporate America, um, there's a level of stability that you get from that. That's part of their proposition, right? It's that you can count on us not going out of business. You can count on us, you know, you're, you're going to work, you're going to get paid. You don't have to worry about how you're going to pay the mortgage, blah, 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 right? You have a 401k, all that great stuff. And, and the longer you're in that, it's natural to, to value that more and more. And so when you get to later in your career, you're like, man, do I really want to risk that? What happens if I go out and strike out on my own? And what if it doesn't work? And, and those were all thoughts I had. Um, now, in my, in my case, you know, my family situation kind of dictated that I was going to leave uh, Nestle and, and potentially cor corporate America. But um, what I'll say is franchising definitely offers a, I don't know if the right word is soft landing, but a, a transition that is um, much more palatable from a risk perspective. And I think when people think about franchising and they think about, you know, the, their corporate careers, and I always call it getting that gold Rolex, right? You do 25, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. I hate that because it makes me feel so old and like conservative. <laughs> That's what I know it as, getting that gold Rolex. Um, yeah. But I think people think you've got to pick one lane or the other, right? You're either yeah. going to jump off the cliff and be an entrepreneur, or you're going to stay in the safe lane, which is a impressive lane of, you know, building something for yourself with a big company and collecting that gold Rolex. But I think the interesting thing about you, Hyder, is you've kind of figured out how, how to have it all, you know, to still build an impressive career in the private equity space and then also become a franchisee for a franchise brand and be able to have that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit and um, kind of scratch that itch, if you will, and, and be able to do both. And I think that's something important that I really want to stress today. So many people we talk to think you've got to pick a lane. And I think there's an opportunity to be able to, to do both. Yeah. For sure. And I would say, you know, maybe if, if you go to start your own business from scratch, I think you do have to probably pick a lane relatively early because there's just too much heavy lifting to be done. But I think um, with franchising and this was this was again, as I got more into it and started to actually um, ask Samantha a little bit more about uh, franchising, um, you know, I came to understand that there there's not one size one kind of franchising right there, there's different kinds there's things that there's kinds of types of franchises where you're going to be full-on managing it hour by hour day to day month by month and there's others that are kind of semi-absentee if i may use the technical term um you know where where you they're, they're they allow you to you know you get it obviously you're still going to have need to work there but but you can do something else in addition you can continue your day job if you will while you kind of have this side thing set up um, in the beginning it's probably a little bit more work but then you get it set up so that it's a little bit more autonomous that allows you the flexibility to do something else and then not pick that one lane first of all i want to acknowledge that you listen when i speak that's amazing semi-absentee that is definitely lingo <laughs> from the industry i think brit and i both of our eyebrows went well that was a good one yeah. <laughs> Well, I've only been hearing it now for a few years, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's a great point when we talk about choosing a business, that 
there will be businesses and there will be people that want full time. They want an owner operator model. They want a passion play. Um, and then there's people like us that are industry agnostic. And it really comes down to what do the numbers do and what does it mean for us from a lifestyle perspective? And I think that's very important to in choosing a business is what type of life do you want to create and how does the business that you choose play into that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, at this point, it's probably worth letting people know that, yes, we do have a franchise and um, Samantha and I are our franchise owners and uh, it's a semi-absentee kind of uh, franchise. Again, so it allows us the flexibility to, for me to continue my career in, in private equity and, and for Samantha, obviously, to continue her career in, in, in the franchising industry overall. So, yeah. And, and, and again, we, we spent some time talking through that. You know, what do we want from our life perspective? What are our financial goals? And, and it's a combination of, you know, what are your financial goals? What do you want from a lifestyle perspective? Uh, you know, what is the risk, risk level, risk tolerance that you have? So those are the things that I, I think um, sitting down with, with people like yourselves, consultants like yourselves, you can really talk through and understand so that at the, that's, that I think is probably um, the, the most important step is really understanding what you're looking for. And I think you guys do a great job of helping people understand that. And then the second step is, okay, now that we know that, what franchises make sense for you and what you're looking for? Definitely. I think you hit on something important there, that conversation with us to understand what are people looking for? Because you came from an industry that's kind of sexy, right? People like food. When they think franchising, they think food. When they think big corporate brands, oftentimes they think food. And you guys are not invested in food. You're invested in a home service brand. And sometimes I think people are hesitant to look at certain categories because it's not what they anticipated. But I think in addition to that lifestyle balance, the financial, also thinking about what are your skill sets, you know, that you can then translate into a business too. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, we, we went with the service home service business um, because it, it's something, again, we can relate to. That to me has always been kind of a, a theme in my career. Not that I've necessarily totally planned it, but it's something that um, I, I think for Samantha and I, it's it, it, seeing, being able to actually see what we deliver um, and, and, and you know, that, that makes a difference for us, right? Versus, you know, there's other industries obviously that are, you know, tech industries or whatever else, but, but something as, as simple as home service, you know, um, mosquito um, prevention, for example, you know, that, that's the franchising that we have it's very tangible. You know what you're delivering, right? It's right there in front of you. And that was kind of what always attracted me to, to food and beverages. I can see what I deliver, right? I can see people enjoying it. I, I know what I'm doing. And I think that's, I think that's a good place to kind of end this is just on the fact that you might not be in an industry that you had anticipated. And a lot of people that work with us come in saying, I'm going to, I'm going to own that gym. That's what I want. And we talk to them and we hear, I want more time with my family. I want to make sure I have nights and weekends off. And it it starts to become apparent that maybe that franchise isn't necessarily a fit, the one that you found us, you know, while you were looking for it. And 
I think that it's just keeping an open mind and making sure because I know when we first came across a mosquito business, it definitely wasn't <laughs> the number one on our list. Yeah, no, it definitely didn't wake up one morning and say, you know what, mosquito prevention. Huh, that's it for me. But <laughs> but, but to, to just building on that point, Samantha, I, I, I'd say I was um, astonished at the size and scope of the franchising industry and the complexity of it in many cases. There are so many franchises out there um, and, 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 and like we said, all different kinds and to, and, and also then just getting to understand how that industry works, right? There, there's consultants like yourselves who are basically the, the consultants and representatives and are only focused on the potential franchise buyer or franchisee right like in their best interest and then there's franchises and, and and you know people who are looking to sell franchises and and you got to find that right mix of those people coming together and i think um you know i was fortunate obviously to lock into that by marrying you samantha and and obviously Brittany getting to know you through samantha and so i was lucky lucky to do that and you guys helped help me and helped us navigate through that but um you know the, the role you guys play for somebody coming new into the franchising industry is critical because you really help them help people understand how how the industry works and to navigate to find their that perfect match. I really appreciate that endorsement. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining us today. I I'm so happy to have you here, and I always love hearing you tell your story. And I really tried hard not to tease you about probiotic waters, CBD gum, or any of the other ideas that came down the pipeline. I'm telling you, you'll keep seeing them. But anyway, no, um, it, thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. And as, as always, Brittany, great to see you. And uh, Samantha, I'll catch you uh, in the living room. Have some wine ready in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Hyder. We really enjoyed having you today. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. All right. So always fun to have someone we know on, you know, I think it's, it's always fun to have people on that we have personal relationships with and, and that we know the best, you know, getting to have your mom on previous podcasts and my husband on this one. It's just interesting to hear their take on franchising. And I think the cool thing is just how diverse their backgrounds are just with these couple of guests how many people fall into franchising, people that knew they wanted to be an entrepreneur in some way, shape or form, but probably never thought they'd fall into franchising. And I think as we talk to our clients, their backgrounds are very similar to Hyder's backgrounds. They've built impressive careers in corporate America. And I think Hyder is just a phenomenal example of you know, how you can have it all and become an entrepreneur, but with more of those systems in place. So it was so great having him today, Sam. Thanks so much for sharing your husband with us. Yes, and he made some good parallels to private equity that I hadn't quite picked up on, um, even in all of our conversations about all of the above. So always interesting to, to interview somebody we know and then hear a different perspective that hasn't come out yet. So really great. Um, we look forward to bringing you a few brands in the next few weeks, which is going to be a change of pace for us and getting to present some different brands um, on the pod here. So thank you so much for your time today, Brad. It was It's always a blast to do these.
Thank you, Sam. I had a lot of fun and loved having Hyder here. See you right here next week. If you're listening to this episode, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on social media at FranPath Consulting and check out our website for a free consultation and personality assessment to find the right franchise for you at FranPathConsulting.com. Thank you.